Folks, welcome back to the No Laying Up Crash Course podcast. My name is DJ Pihowski, joined happily, earnestly by my associate, Tron Carter. Tron, how are you today? TC's glad to be here. We are uh, getting deep into the C-suite today. We're talking about, I don't know, one of the most, one of the more exclusive clubs, I'd say, on the on the West Coast, and on a West Coast full of exclusive clubs, this one's, this one's up there. In a city full of exclusive In clubs. In a city full of exclusive, both golf clubs and non-golf clubs. Uh... Yeah, this is kind of top of the pops. Uh, the Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, and shout out to Ohio State. Shout out to Ohio State. Shout out to shout out to everybody. And uh, so we're going to be talking about our round at the Los Angeles Country Club, the North Course, uh, which will, of course, be hosting the 2023 U.S. Open. Uh, it hosted us to much less acclaim uh, a couple weeks ago while we were out in Los Angeles for a Nest uh, meetup, an NIT qualifier. And... Uh, Sean, let me let me uh, turn it to you. Why don't you set the context? Why were we there? Uh, why was the Los Angeles Country Club so uh, gracious enough to open its doors to a couple of folks like us? Um, God, I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah, that, I don't know that they knew that we were there, but no, uh, Bill Glass and uh, Jeff Given. Yeah, big shout out to them. Thank you. Uh, gracious hospitality all day. Um, but this one was tops on my list. 2019 that I wanted to go to it's just I, I, I almost such so much so for me that it like almost wasn't even on my list so I was like I, I don't know that's not gonna happen yeah <laughs> I'm not even gonna put it on the list you you're a much bigger dreamer than I am again <laughs> you know reach for the stars and you'll land reach, reach for, the, for moon. the moon you'll yeah, land, you among, land the among the stars you've landed among the Which stars really, are you really among the stars it's hard to say yeah the stars are a lot farther I'm, away I'm certainly moon. I'm not an astrophysicist but uh yeah so anyway it was uh Went out there with Laz um, of of Nest slash Refuge. If you're on the Refuge, you probably know who Laz is. If you uh, watch Wild World of Golf, uh, Pinehurst, you, you probably know who Laz yeah. is. But anyway, um, basically, wanted it was like kind of a tack on round to an LA trip and turned into kind of the centerpiece of, of the LA trip. Um, but yeah, all, of course, that we've always yeah you hear all this good stuff about Riviera and Bel Air and Wilshire. And LACC, and then I think Lakeside's probably in that mix as well. Kind of the five big LA clubs, and um, you know, really, I didn't know a whole lot about LACC until uh, in the lead up to the Walker Cup a couple of years ago, and then from there, I was like, "Whoa, really?" <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I was. And and let me say up front on this podcast that I feel like I and you are are always so hesitant to try to talk about. Uh, rounds like this because it's so like punchable to hear someone unsolicited talk about their round of golf. So I'm, I'm very thankful and happy to have a podcast outlet like this where it's like, Hey man, you had to physically click on this. You're clearly like, you're complicit. You do not have to listen to this. So let me just reiterate that now. If you don't want to hear about me and Tron's round of golf, you know, ultra exclusive golf, uh, you don't have to, it's not really our round of golf either. It's just, we're there among, you know, on behalf of the people, our perspective on the, on the course. Yeah. This is not going to be a shot. Yeah, exactly. That's true. It's not going to be a shot by shot, uh, postmortem, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you on, I would echo everything you said about kind of this air of mystery going in. That was my big thing too, was I was thrilled to play there, but I almost like kind of, if someone would have asked me why, I wouldn't have been able to explain it like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see the sixth hole and I can't wait to play this angle on number two and I can't wait to do all this. It's like, 
No, I just, I don't know. I, I, apparently it's like really good. I don't really know much about it. It's right in the middle of the city. <laughs> it is directly in the middle of the city, which is kind of like Wilshire's kind of like that too. And, and Riviera to, I would say a lesser extent is, is like that as well. But, uh, yeah, it's wild, man. And of course you can point to, uh, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell, uh, what's this property worth, uh, podcast for, you know, a, a problematic podcast in many ways, but, um, an interesting one just to think about, like, conceivably, this could be, like, the most valuable real estate in the country. <laughs> Some <laughs> of the most valuable real estate in the world. Yeah, it's it's really pretty unbelievable uh, of a setting. But and it's such a, so that's, that kind of takes you to the first thing. It's it's such a oasis within the middle of, you know, it's right next to, kind of between Hollywood, Beverly Hills, Century City, uh, Westwood. Like, it's, it's right on Wilshire there, and it, and it. At no point do you feel like like encumbered by the city, right? You're just, you, the whole time you just feel like you're man, like I'm away from the world, but these vistas and views are outstanding. It's it's unreal, and I think the counter argument to like all the tax stuff and you know should what's this real estate worth to the city and blah blah blah. Like the the counter argument you would get from whether it's members or uh, you know just very pro. Uh, that type of thinking people is, well, you know, the, the rest of this stuff built up after this golf course was here. And like, it might not have been here if, you know, if the golf course didn't plant its roots first. And so it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird to, it's a, it's a weird, uh, it's just a weird situation. It's, it's very unique to sure, the, uh, American golf. The property values of the houses around the course are probably higher because the course is there Listen, too. So for sure. Shout out to Lionel Richie, who is, uh, you know, lives right off the, what is it? The fifth hole? I think, yeah. Fifth. Or, Fourth, fourth hole, fourth yeah, hole. right of the fourth hole. All right, so let's let's dive right into uh, the trip. What is you know? So we pull in off of uh, is, it, uh, is it off Sunset? I, I can't think remember. It's off Wilshire. Off Wilshire, yeah. yeah. So we pull in. Uh, what is the uh, wh- what's your first impression? Um, you know, like the whole day, it had this overriding sense of it was like the American Royal Melbourne. A good as far as the, yeah. the club, the style of the clubhouse, the, um, you know, it's certainly understated as well. It's very nothing, traditional feeling, it's nothing very, in your face, yeah. but, um, but, but at the same time it feels, you know, it exudes a certain confidence about it. Um, yeah, you pull in and, um, you know, I think it, this place probably rightly so we didn't get a big sense of it, but the moniker that has been bandied about is the place where fun never starts. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned this on another podcast where, you know, I think that the, these clubs have that, you know, that kind of reputation and the reputation precedes them in a lot of ways. And it's so dependent on who you're with, who you're with. So yeah. like, you know, as someone who plays a ton of public golf and very little private golf, I, nothing would make me happier than to just shit on like the stuffiness of, the most private club but like we just didn't didn't get that vibe you know we had great hosts and we kind of kept to ourselves and everything was completely delightful i also i love playing around the golf without my cell phone oh that's <laughs> just that's yeah we didn't talk about that so that is a in the car that is among the big 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 no-nos is absolutely no cell phones uh i don't know if it's a, not necessarily on the property but it's it, you I know, think it's pretty much on the property. You really don't want to be seen with your with your cell phone out. Which to me, that's refreshing. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's it's like going to the Masters, right? Where you're like you you kind of you think about it going in, and you're like, God, what a you know, what a hassle this is. I can't believe I have to leave my phone behind. And then you get an hour into it, and you're like, Oh, 
this is what like life used to feel like. This is, this is unbelievable. Yeah. And so it's, uh, yeah, I hate to, uh, you know, give them too much credit for what seems like kind of a very antiquated, uh, policy, but yeah, we both walked away feeling, feeling pretty refreshed. And, and I think in LA too, you can get, I can see why some of these policies abound as well, where like you don't want TMZ or you yeah, don't want totally. members, you know, it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot more variables in LA and I think that, better or worse. yeah, and I don't have a great sense of kind of the, the club hierarchies as far as, uh, you know, where the celebrities hang out, where the, you know, financial people hang out, where all, like where all those things are, but I don't think LACC is a big, uh, you know, I think it's it's a very traditional type of club. I think the celebrities are going to be more at Riviera and stuff like that. So exactly, it's a it's a lot of people who who value privacy uh, in kind of all all walks of life. I think at, at yeah. LA, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as the let's let let's get to the course, shall we? I mean, George Thomas design. Yeah, let's 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 set the set the table with a little history here. Yeah. Um, so the club was founded in. Tighten this up. Club was founded in 1897, um, but not on the current site. So it was founded at Pico and Western, which yeah, who knows? Who, who, who can <laughs> yeah, say? Who can say where that is? Um, <laughs> and then they started the new, the new. They officially moved to the new location in 1911. Um, Sartori Tufts, Norman Macbeth, and Charles Orr uh, laid out the original golf course there, and then Herbert Fowler and George C. Thomas Jr came in and uh, redesigned it and then I think laid out uh, the South Course as well, right. which great course in its own right. A great course in its own right. I think that uh, that's one of those things when you when you go to some of these places is seeing two, seeing them have two courses is really cool. Seeing them have two drastically different courses is like seems like such a no-brainer, right? Like, like I, I saw South that. in this case has no rough. Yeah pretty much hit it anywhere one is one is your complete like championship quote unquote you know championship test in this case like a very literal championship golf course uh and the other one is like yeah bring your kids out and let's go you know we'll emergency nine like that kind of let's just go have fun and that seems like such a good uh really for like a public golf facility too you know if you're gonna have a 36 hole complex which i know these are kind of rapidly disappearing in in public golf but if you are gonna have one like yeah why wouldn't just try to make them as different as possible, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, hosted the, the the LA Open back in the day uh, five times between 1926 and 1940. Um, and then, yeah, really most recently, Gil Hance and Jeff Shackelford came in and um, took down a bunch of trees, opened up a lot of the corridors, a lot of the vistas, um, which I guess our hosts were saying they were, you know, it was very hemmed in before and very... You know, each each hole was kind of unto itself, and now it's you know you can see across four, especially in the back nine, you can see across four, five, six different holes. Yeah, at once. So um, that scale, I think, lends itself to. I, I equate that scale with like a really good golf course. Totally. The time. I think there was. Uh, I mean, the first like three or four holes. You know, it, it's good. You have a caddy. You know, typically while you're out there, and uh, it, it's one of those places where you just like cannot trust your eye. You know, where you're looking at something and you're like, oh, gosh, I might be able to get to that corner. And the guy's like, yeah, no, it's like 320. No, you can't. Like, the property's just big as hell. You have no idea, like, what you're looking at. And that's, I don't know, that's really cool. There were some some spots on greens, too, like some pads or some. I'm, I could not be more excited for the U.S. Open there. Exactly. So that, a- totally. So it's like 
like we said, 2023. And it was, that was one of those things, like, it's the same thing about going to play there was, you know, I saw that when it got announced, like US Open's going to LACC. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, intellectually, like, yeah, that's a good golf course, but like, I don't know why or, or what. I just know I've heard it's good. And being able to see it, like we were saying while we were out there, I hope that the USGA and the golf club and everybody like opens the doors a little bit to like the right media outlets. And that's not a subtle hint that that should be us. I'm just saying like, you know, whether it's golf channel, whether it's just tell the Fox, story. Probably. Yeah. Just like tell the story and get people psyched about this because like, this is on a, it's on like a Pinehurst level for me now where I'm like, God, this is, this feels like exactly what the U S open in 20, you know, the 2020s should be. There's so many little nooks and, and, you know, pads on, on these greens that you're like, holy shit. Like <laughs> that's wild that that pad is How there. is somebody going to do that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the it, green, you know, and it's got that firmness and that, that bounciness in the greens and, and, you know, we're playing it in, in, what in February, in early February. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, July yeah, and or, that's, June, or June. Not to um, derail the conversation, but like, you know, all the distance shit that everybody's talking about and blah, blah, blah. Like it, it's like, yeah, no, this is the, this place is the antidote to a lot of that stuff. Like, yeah, you set it up at, you know, 6,700 yards if you want. And like par is going to be a really good score. <laughs> there were, there were the bunch of people, spots where like, I'd rather be a hundred and, 40 yards. Yeah, exactly. 60. It's going to be so fucking firm and fast and like terrifying. It's going to be awesome to watch. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So as far as the, you know, just talking about the actual course, um, you know, like George Thomas signs, it kind of eases you in. One is pretty yeah. fair, although I made a seven, <laughs> three-putted. <laughs> I had like a like a good look at birdie. I'm like, God, I might I might shoot, you know, 67 today. Is is that on the on the uh you know, on the table, Laz made birdie on one. I think Laz was two under through five. Yeah. All of a sudden, so we should make a, we should give a shout out to the, so you said this course was open in what, 1897? This one was open in 1911. Oh, right. Sorry. 1911, yeah. the redo, but the, or the, the new course, but 1911, it's been open for, you know, 110 years. Course record holder on the, ter- <laughs> the, the tournament course record holder, Maxwell Homa <laughs> with a 61. So, uh, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. So we're, you know, Laz is two hundred through five. We're like, oh my gosh, like paging, paging Max Homa. Yeah. Are you gonna Are you gonna take him down today? So, you know, the first of all, you 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 really get a sense of how fast the greens are because the the green kind of runs away from you, and you're like, holy shit! Like I yeah. just sent my putt. I'm farther away than what than, yeah. than than where I was on my first putt. Um, there's some great cross bunkers and all that, but very eminently fair hole. The second hole is absolute kick in the face <laughs> um and there's a couple of reasons for it like the way the the way the green is angled it's you're hitting it's long I, for us it played what four four forty four fifty yeah something like that from the blue tees we should mention we played the played the blue tees and yeah the second shot is like you're hitting i think i had four iron mm-hmm. 
500, something like that. And you're, you're hitting uphill to this elevated green that's very shallow. It's very angled. And that was the one particularly where I'm looking in like that top right pin location for the U.S. Open. I'm like, this is going to be yeah. so rock hard up here that like, God, 30 feet. Like that was that was maybe the best illustration I'd seen in a really long time in person of like, holy shit, 30 feet is a great that's a great golf shot if you can if you can keep it thirty feet below the hole, uh, and then yeah, like going through. I mean, three and four or three is a is a part four. Four is the one. It's a downhill part. Three, three. was awesome with three, the split yeah, fairway. Three was awesome. Uh, four is the one. Lionel Richie's palatial <laughs> estate is on the right. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and then five, that was one of the ones where there's a nook on the right side. Yeah, it's like a finger. We were like, oh, that's pinnable. <laughs> yeah, it, it was unreal. Uh, and then I think the visual, too, of, of the bunkers, um, you know, sometimes I think some of the aesthetic stuff is kind of overwrought or, um, you know, just not as important as, you know, it's it's a nice thing to have, but or or it looks unnatural. Here it looked like all the, the, the rough-hewn edges of the bunkers yeah. and just all of the... It was scruffy around the edges in a good way. Totally. Like it, tot- it, it was truly a a half shot penalty or, a, you know, like you could be off the fairway and, and, and off the rough, even in one of these barrancas or, you know, kind of going down towards where these bunkers and you could have a great lie or you could be like, you could have a clump of grass behind your ball and barely be able to make contact. Totally. That was like, just to uh, help people visualize what you're talking about. It's like, if you didn't watch the Walker cup, that was kind of, again, like my only real view of this place, but like none of those bunker edges were grown up when we were there in February of 2020, but you know, June of 2023, they're going to be like, picture what you saw at Shinnecock, picture what you saw at Pebble to probably a little lesser extent, like where the USGA just lets those eyelashes of the bunkers get up to, you know, two feet tall. And a, it just looks awesome. I think it's just like a really, really cool look, but B it's like, there's a lot of people I think where, you know, especially when you're playing par fives and stuff, it's like, oh, I'll just bang it up there. And like, if I get in that front bunker, like, you know, I'm fine. It's an easy, you know, everything's like so well manicured. It's, it's easy up and down from the bunker. Whereas there it's like, God, if I'm taking on that bunker, like I have a potential to get absolutely fucking boned yeah. by one of those eyelashes. And then, like you said, you're hacking out of this like two foot stuff. It's like a, a real half shot penalty. So that gets us to number six, which is my favorite hole in the course. Yeah. And I, I don't even know, you know, our host uh, kind of described it as like, here's our version of of ten at Riviera, and it was about ten times better. <laughs> I thought it was way so much cooler than ten at Riviera, and and so keeping in that and like trying to explain it for someone who's never seen it, it's a sharp dogleg right, par four, it plays what probably from the tees we played it was probably three ten to the green, straight downhill. Like if you if you if went, you carried the corner, no, I think it was much shorter. Oh really? Yeah, it was like two seven. I wasn't going for I it. So it's um, it was like two two sixty five two seventy. If you carried the corner, but if you went down the left, there was a kind of a, a boomerang like horseshoe uh, fairway. And so you almost had to hit it down there, avoid this this hill on the right, and then try to get this angle and almost hitting back towards the green. So that's what I was gonna say is like keeping with the the Riviera comparison. Picture number 10 at Riviera, put up a giant like stand of trees on the right side of the tee box, like all down the right side, and then move that green kind of 30 yards, 30 yards, like short and right. So it it makes it like a dog leg 
a dogleg right that you can either try to blow it over this corner and then the green is so like obviously with such a short hole the green is so impossibly difficult that you're really just rolling the dice that you wind up in a good spot it's one of the most shallow narrow greens i've ever seen <laughs> or you you hit a very simple layup up the left side and you leave yourself anywhere from probably 100 to 50 yards over a little barranca over a bunker to a green that's probably the farther left six, you get six like we steps had a left deep man, maybe on the left it's it's maybe yeah, five or six steps deep uh, <laughs> on the right it's probably 10 to 12 steps deep and super firm and it's just got it you could do it you can spin it off the front back into this barranca <laughs> or into the bunker yeah and the grass there is so uneven to where like i you know you can get the worst lie totally to make eight yep it was uh I, I mean there's legitimately 20 different options you could you could do on that hole so that's one that like how do you think they're going to play it in the u.s open I because you can't yeah. really like move the tee. I mean, much further two back. Two of the right? days you're probably going to make birdie. Like you, you can send it over, make birdie, or maybe have a look at eagle. Two of the days you're, you know, you're like one of them. You're probably scrambling for a par, and one of them you might make double. <laughs> well, I, I just mean I, I, I guess it's all dependent on where the pin is, whether you're laying up or, or going for it. But I'm curious. I'll be curious to see, you know, in that kind of like short right area. Of the green, where a lot of the, if you're going for it, if you miss the green, like, where you're going to end up. I wonder what they'll do there. If they'll make that, like, because there's not a ton of spectator space there. If they make that kind of, like, a spectator spot, or if they make that just, like, gnarly thick rough, or if they make that, like, closely mown, kind of chipping downhill area. I'm not really sure. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Um, Yeah, just from a spectator perspective overall, too. I mean, it's not, it's not the biggest piece piece of property from an in, in from an infrastructure perspective too just seeing you know granted they can stage stuff over on the south course but right seeing all right where do you put grandstands on some of these holes or where do you put yeah you know that's that's going to be wild to see um yeah it was one of the, it was one of the best best holes i've ever played in my life yeah it was it was pretty exceptional um and then you know you uh, seven cool par three. Seven cool par three. Eight cool par five. Eight great par five. Really short and kind of quirky and weird. You you had to almost like a double dog leg kind of yeah. thing, but a, a sh, you know barranca running through the middle of the fairway. Yeah, exactly. And kind of the fairway would you know this barranca would kind of yeah bisect the fairway and kind of split it in a couple different places. And the uh, the green all kind of like is mega firm, runs away from you, so you can get there in two, which Tron did. Had a great, I thought I, I thought I look, made it too. Great, great look at Eagle, but yeah, you can uh, you can easily go through the green and and get in a world of hurt as well. Nine exceptional hole. I I loved a number nine. Birdie, DJ birdie nine. I I think I, I if I would have kept hitting shots, I probably would have made an eight or a nine. <laughs> um, Just a really that that's gonna be that's like a U.S. Open par three. You know, like I, I think we had five iron. I think I had five, yeah, iron five or in. six iron. Yeah, and it was it's dead into the wind. Dead into the wind. It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be a lot to handle. So it's it's cool too. You tee off the the clubhouse is up there. You tee off on one. Uh, eighteen is right next to one tee, and then nine green is right next to eighteen green. Yeah. So it's a very you know it sits up on a hill, and in the distance you can see downtown LA. You can see so that I think will be <laughs> you can see Beverly. You can see Hollywood, yeah, and then and then Century City. Like, you, there's like three different skylines in play, plus the mountains in the distance. It's I've never never seen a setting like that. And that 
I think for spectators, obviously, will be awesome. Like, that'll be a really cool spot to sit. Then you get to 10, and then you get, it's really, uh, 10's a really cool hole, just, you know, straight uphill, kind of a driving range wide uh, fairway with a couple just, like, dick-punching cross bunkers in the in the middle of the fairway on which the back there TC were there were a few more got boned up but there were a few more spots on the back where i was like man like this it's such an optical illusion yeah like it draws you into thinking hey you know i need to hit it down the right here it's like no you need to be 40 yards left man but 10 10's a good example of what i was going to say is like it's uh with a lot of these old clubs where you have these kind of great like not necessarily crossover points but you have these great like meeting points um where you can it, it's really fun when you're out there playing as like a member um because you know you can see what's going on on 15 green and 11 t and 12 and all these different places but for spectators like everything's so close together that it's going to be and 10 and that 16 might be kind of a kind tough of share a fairway yeah that might be kind of a tough uh tough ask um and then so let's see here 11, 11 par three like down the hill kind of like redanish a reverse redan kind of par three uh 12 is wild 12 is wild. I think this is, even speaks to, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since we played now, and there are many, many, many rounds of golf where, like, I get to done with 18, and I can't remember all the holes. I can I can tell you, like, every square inch of yeah that we saw of this place uh, then, a couple weeks later. Um, 13, another good, like, that stretch is just... <laughs> 13 was, like, the, uh, yeah, just a, like, glacial erosion kind of, like, fairway, just this thing that massively slopes left to right Laz which, was like, yeah, which you, i think some of the members like, were not really feeling really really hit one up there or else like you're gonna be 50 like 50 feet below green level hitting back up so i'm down the right side totally blind you know still in the fairway and everything but totally blind i kind of snapped one i thought i hit it into the playboy mansion <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the playboy mansion right uh behind the 13th green which is a wild thing to say but uh, it's all like hedged off. You can't really see anything. No longer the Playboy Mansion, and no longer the Playboy yeah. Mansion. Apparently, yeah. bought by some uh, private equity guys, which is a heartwarming, <laughs> heartwarming story. Uh, but yeah, there used to be like Zach Blair has this great story uh, that we published in the Golfers Journal about like there used to be these monkeys that would hang out by the fence right by the Playboy Mansion, and Zach was like was feeding one of them bananas or something, and, like got bit by one of the monkeys, and so it's just like that's you know. Again, just like a Mad Lib sentence. It's just like, yeah, I was playing LACC and got bit by one of the monkeys at the Playboy Mansion. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. I went down a deep Wikipedia wormhole on the Playboy Mansion and the whole history of it, you know, Hefner and all that. And at the end, it sounds like it was in rough shape. Not not good. (laughs) So, like, there was a Legionnaire's outbreak in the hot tub, I think. Yeah, I could imagine that being a a pretty, uh, you know, unsafe unwell place to be hanging out uh and then 14 14 was just like a mean-spirited part five like awesome. it's such a cool part yeah. five but like the green was just that was one where you're standing in the fairway and it was like god this is but also this like is the, gonna be really the hard. guys during, and a they've they've added some tees which you could see some of them like on certain holes um like 12 and 13 for the u.s open we were like whoa <laughs> Yeah. I can't imagine. Like, wait, it's sixty yards back that yeah, way. It's nuts. Um, but fourteen is gonna be one of those ones where, like, you can cut some stuff off, and guys are gonna, they're gonna be hitting like three sixty. Like, I think Cam Champ in the, oh the yeah. Walker Cup. Had, yeah, there's like some speed slots, and it's gonna be so firm that like, yeah, you can yeah. hit one three eighty there. Yeah, totally. Fifteen is probably among the more famous holes uh, on the golf course. Really short par three. Uh, probably was playing playing like one hundred and ten. 
or so when we were there. <laughs> with the, with the most hilarious little mound. Yeah, it's got like a the green. Volkswagen Beetle uh, buried like right in the middle of the green. And so they'll put the pin sometimes where it was for us was like just on the back side of that. Um, so it's in kind of a funnel, but also just completely repels. If you hit it 109, like it's, you're going to be 70 feet away. Dictates the entire hole. Yeah, really, really, really cool hole. Uh, 16, uh, par four, cool. Uh, I was kind of in a bad spot, so I didn't get to see much of that one. I made double, but uh, 17, I think, was one of my favorites. Um, par four with, again, kind of this Barranca that, it kind of just meanders through the hole and makes it kind of a split fairway sort of vibe, or, or not split fairway, but like a um, it, like it, almost it, like a hazard in the middle of the fairway kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it's only up by the green, so it's more it more messes with your eye than anything. Yeah, and there's a drop off. There's like another creek back right of the green or on the right side of the green, and it falls completely off. And again, it's one of those things where like God, I would I would much rather be in a bunker than miss this green <laughs> right and be just in that rough. Yeah. I think um, they'll be putting a plaque there for DJ Pies up and down in the century, but yeah. you know we don't have to get too too deep into that. The other thing to consider is we we played this without really much rough. True. Yeah, all. yeah, totally. So this was like semi dormant Bermuda, um, in the perfect way, like really, really firm, bouncy, fast. Uh, but it was jarring to see how good this place was playing and then see like Riviera how how much more lush that blew me away like I always you know looking on the map like they're relatively close to each other you'd think the topography and stuff would be be similar and I guess the topography kind of is but the and yeah one is Riff like probably gets a lot more marine layer yeah stuff. one feels like you're in like Riv felt more like you're in like San Francisco or something like just completely lush green uh and granted it was tournament you know it was tournament week so I'm, I'm sure everything's kind of the rough's grown up and all that stuff but yeah lacc is like mad max just dried out firm Some fast of it's grass type too right yeah totally yeah it's very like kind of that dormant uh almost like dormant look it's it's just so cool though um yeah and then 18 comes up 18 kind of remind me of the finish of pinehurst yeah a little bit yeah not a not you know it's different a little different, wider different angle off the tee and yeah. everything but um, but similar similar shot into that green. Yep. You know, kind of a mid length par four. Um, yeah, and just you know that that whole setting there, like everything about it, just felt it felt grand. Yeah, uh, totally. I think eighteen almost has like a. Um, it's interesting because it kind of shares. I don't know if it literally shares the fairway with one, but it it kind of is all on that same corridor, uh, and it's super wide. But it, it almost has like a uh, British Open kind of feel to it you know like you can picture on sunday of the u.s open like just this mega wide fairway these treacherous like bunkers that are running around and this big flat kind of 18 putting green first tee like it all feels very very british and very classic and stuff so it's it's a pretty cool setting so i didn't i wasn't expecting to uh run through every hole on the golf course but I wasn't uh, either but here we are it's just that good i think it's i think it's up there i mean you know from a non-douchey perspective i've played some good courses of like last 18 months and i would put it right up there with with cyprus as like my favorite in the united states that's what i i was <laughs> saying is like that was it was extreme recency bias when we walked off the golf course and it's still only been you know maybe two weeks but nothing has really changed my perspective i'm not sure that you can i, I don't think i've ever played something in the united states that i've enjoyed it's in the more royal, than that. royal melbourne west 
St. Andrews Old Course Royal Dornick category for me. Yeah. That's like the 1A, you know. So that, that feels like pretty pretty high praise. Yeah, good caddies. Yeah. Um, do we, do we uh, not from a uh, douchey perspective, but I feel like it's important to lay out what you shot just from a, just for, so, yeah. you know, if you shot a horrible score and you just spent 30 minutes like ripping the golf course, it's important we're for people to have like that low 80s context. Yeah, I think I had 80, 81, yeah. 82. I think we were both 81, yeah. 82, something like that. Yeah, strikes and gutters. Yeah, so we, um, we played fine. Tough, tough course to play first. First look. Point being, it wasn't like we went out and shot 73. And yeah. That's why we're raving about how great it was. Yeah. Uh, but, all right, let's, uh, we got just a couple of small categories here before we get out of here. Um, favorite hole, I think we mentioned. Uh, you mentioned six. I assume you're going to stick with that. I'm going to go six, yeah. Just for the sake of argument, I mean, I agree with, I, I think six is, is pretty damn good too. But I'll say uh, I'll say 17 just to get some, some back nine representation. I thought that was a really cool hole. Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions. We had, we had a bunch of honorable mentions we wanted to, uh, dish out. Um, you want to start? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm curious I'll, to see what you lead with. I'll start with, uh, you know, we mentioned it earlier, but I'll, I'll give an honorable mention to Lionel Richie. Yeah. Uh, is you play the fourth hole, big grand downhill part three, and you can kind of see the corner of this like big, you know, Palatial is just the word that uh, keeps being thrown about, but this big fucking mansion. And uh, you can just kind of see the corner of it, and you hit your shot, you're walking to the green, and then you kind of come around this corner, and you see, like, oh, my God, that's the biggest house I've ever seen in my life. And uh, our guests filled us in, like, yeah, that's that's Lana Richie's house. And we don't tell people that until afterwards uh, because we've had two or three guests that get nervous and have straight up like shanked balls <laughs> into his yard, uh, which is very humiliating. And also shout out to the, uh, the grounds crew that was working at his house. Uh, some trees, some guys were just like up in the trees, trimming them out, just screaming, singing at the top of their lungs. It was, it was, it was a pretty good atmosphere. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Hans and Shackelford for shepherding that through. I can't imagine it's that easy to at a <laughs> club full of alphas. Just type right. A personalities, yeah. trying to say, "Hey, you know, we're gonna take out all these trees, and we're gonna we're gonna bring back this look, and we're gonna make all these changes." And trying to sell that to the various stakeholders and power groups there is, is you know, that's that's a terrifying thought. Totally, and I think that uh, you know we're kind of I'm I'm kind of speaking on my ass here because I don't really know the specifics on what they changed, but you see so many of those like those fingers, like you talked about in number five and these like little weird spots that are pinnable. I wonder if those existed before that renovation or I wonder how many of those they brought back into it and stuff like that. I mean, just changes, it just changes like the entire golf course. So that's, that's very important, even though it seems like a small detail. Yeah. Uh, just a shout out to infrastructure and in and, general and playing, you know, playing amongst buildings and with the, I, I, I cannot stress enough like how, how wildly unique that that the the views and the, and and the look were like you felt like you were in the middle. It was like playing. It would have been like playing golf in in Central Park. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Um, I will give a shout out to the driving range because this was a, a cool thing that I think you know we mentioned. There's not always a million things that like public golf facilities can take away from uh, you know the ultra 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 <laughs> private facilities, but one thing that was cool about the driving range was they had, uh, I don't know how, probably seven or eight uh, kind of like green sites. 
out there just like a normal driving range, but they were a little more juiced up, a little more like shaped and with bunkers and stuff. And apparently a couple of times a year, they turned the driving range into just a straight up par three course, which I thought was a really cool, cool idea and something I don't know that I've really seen elsewhere all that many times, but it's just this big wide open space. And, you know, it, it totally made sense as to like, well, yeah, why wouldn't you just like put some pin flags out there and let people kind of go out there with their kids or whatever. So that, I thought that was a cool idea. And it makes it, too, from a practice perspective, it made it a lot more realistic. Totally. Hitting shots. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, all right, cool. I, I know I need to cover this bunker or I can hit to the right side of the screen and have it, you know, work it in differently. And the ball reacts on the ground similarly to how it does on the course. Yeah. Um, also, the, like, the driving range doesn't go past yeah, 200. more than like 230 or 20, something. 20, 230 yards, which I, I kind of appreciated, yeah, too. Into that. I kind of like being uh, as terrifying as it is being on the first tee with like, oh, God, I haven't hit a driver yet. I hope yeah. I hope this goes okay. Um, let's see. Any any other shout outs you feel like you're you're dying to give out? The duck tacos. <laughs> they were good. Clubhouse were very good. Okay, that's massive. Yeah, they were excellent. Um, halfway house was great. Yeah, you need to you know. Yeah, I always like when very uh, low key understated. That's what I was gonna say. A lot of these places seem like um, you know, the newer. I don't know the way to. I don't know the way to say it. Like. A lot of these classic courses, I think, keep a lot of the classic features, and but it doesn't feel, um, you know, like I heard someone say at one time, like it doesn't feel like Colonial Williamsburg. Like they're not keeping it like antiquated just for the sake of it looking like a museum. It just feels feels like the like very, it, it feels like functional. the fifties. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like old lockers, old like old buildings, um, but in like a very in a cool way. It feels very. Uh, just feels very classic. Well, that kind of goes back to George Thomas's uh, Captain Thomas, as they said, um, <laughs> quote, in golf course construction, art and utility meet. Both are absolutely vital. One is utterly ruined without the other. And I think that's kind of applied to other elements of good clubs. It's like, you know, it's it's all about utility at the end of the day. Right. Right. Sometimes it's a little bit ag- aggressively simple. Or yes. Shout out to Shinnecock <laughs> or places <laughs> like that. But, uh, but yeah. And then, uh, I want to give a shout out to the logo. Yeah, so, great logo. Great logo. I yeah. agree. I agree. It's kind of the uh, the pointed the pointed flag uh, waving. Yeah, it's just it's very classic. Yeah. Very simple. Well, uh, I guess the only other, only other shout out another you know another honorable mention for our our uh, very welcoming hosts. Yeah, and and uh, and having Jeff them and just say hey, you know, be able to say hey, you know, there used to be trees over here. Yeah, exactly. Be, like, you used to be able to not see from here over to to you know too green or whatever another shout out there's a little pocket sized green on the front oh yeah line. um well we right it's uh next to 17 as well yeah so you basically you could two. play t- two straight away instead of breaking off to the right which used to be the 17th hole i think it used to be the 17th green or, so, or something like that i forget which hole number it was but it is tucked back it is like diabolical looking like it's the kind of thing you it's a it was a par three. Yeah. It was the kind of thing where you're like, oh my God, I like hit the perfect shot or you're making a 12. Yeah. And part of me, I know I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth, but from like a public golf perspective, that seems like the worst thing you can possibly do. It seems like a great way to like ruin people's day. It seems like a great way to slow down play. It seems like all that stuff. But if you get to play here all the time. But if you're a mega private golf course and you've got so much less play and you've got like these members who are just kind of, playing the same course every day like yeah i'm kind of in on the, the, yeah. the like one ball buster hole 
the other thing I'll say is the um, the USGA. It sounds like they they've got some flexibility as to, and we can say you know pars are relevant and all that, but to really move some tees around and yeah. say like one one day cool we're gonna play this as part four, one day we're gonna play this as part five. Right. Um. All right. Well, last thing I had on my notes. Uh, the last way I think we want to close these episodes out is uh, what we're gonna call the five years from now question. So, when someone asks you about your round five years from now at LACC, what uh, what do you think you're gonna tell them? What are you What are you gonna remember? That I got to go back and play another couple of times in the in the preceding five years because <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> that's a hard. That's a heartwarming takeaway. No, it was uh, just you know like it 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 um I don't know that it it I gained an appreciation for city golf. Yeah, playing golf in in cities and not and not not in the sense of. You're not connected with the city, but just from just the view. I keep talking about the views, and maybe that sounds corny or, or shallow no, or whatever. So but unique, though. It was it was it was one of the most exotic experiences I've I've like exotic foreign experiences I've ever had. Yeah, I I think for me it, it was the whether you want to call it like the the competitiveness or the effectiveness of the golf course or or something like that. I don't know really what the right word would be, but it it was such a confluence of all the things that we bloviate about all the time about width and angles and strategy. And like, that was the personification of it where it's just like, dude, this place firm and fast is going to like, neither of us, I don't think lost a golf ball, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's that kind of place, but like it is going to test the best players in the world in such like the best possible way. Uh, I'm thrilled and psyched for the U S open. I can't believe Max shot 61. <laughs> Dude, the, so the best part, so it was Riviera week, and so Max Homa was in town, and so I got to have breakfast with him on Wednesday. And uh, the day after we played, and, like, before we talked about anything, I was like, Dude, just, like, literally run me through, like, all 61 shots. And he had, like, he had some, it could have been lower. He left a couple out there. It was, it was insane. But, yeah, like, hearing him run through it all and hearing, like. Was it a clean card? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and hearing like how his his mind works and stuff is, it was like the best private podcast of of all time. It was great. So, shout out to Max as well. Huh. Maybe but, maybe we do a part two and just have Max. Talk yeah, about we could have. Yeah, we should have. I should have broke out the recorders. He would have been a much better person to analyze yeah. the the golf course than we were. But Tron, this was uh, delightful. I hope we get back soon. I hope we can uh, do a part two. Listen, teach always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, man.